Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. I have so many nerdy stats from this Vikings victory, I can't even pick one. I'm Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings. It's easy for me to pick my stat. I have one. Hey, this is Arif from the Wide Left Substack. I never thought I'd say this sentence, but Jimmy Butler got panic in the disco stuck in my head. And we'll also talk about how DJ won him the game on today's oh, Minnesota football Jesus. party. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party. What's up, everybody? A new week on the Minnesota football party. I am Sam Ekstrom, the host. You met Arif Hassan of the Wide Left Substack. You met Luke Braun of Locked on Vikings. We're here to talk about a Minnesota Vikings victory for the first time in what seems like ages, going back to week 18 of last season. And yes, that can includes I ask, preseason uh, games as well. What do you want? Uh, can I ask real quick if Luke's nerdy stat is the number of wins the Vikings have or something trite like that? No, it's okay. an ABA thing. Okay, cool. <laughs> that I, just, be... I, didn't, I didn't want that. I didn't want that. It's boring. That's stupid. It would actually yeah. be great if you just if you totally straight faced it and said, "Yeah, the Minnesota Vikings are one and three. Nerdy there have been 40, the only stat that matters, baby. There have been thousand teams in the history of the NFL." <laughs> the, the, Oh, one and three. <laughs> Actually, even more trite would have been uh, the Vikings are one and zero coming off of this week. That would have been awful. Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> In the Carolina championship season, they were the champions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, of course, talking about the Vikings 21-3 victory over the Panthers, what it means for their hopes this season, the defense fueling the victory on a very bad Kirk Cousins day. I've got loads of nerdy stats to sprinkle in and a guessing game for Arif and Lucas that uh, I think we all might enjoy. But first, this show brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. Go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. And before the show is over, we will reveal the parlay updates from yesterday. One of us was a winner. I'm not going to say who. You'll have to stay tuned. For the unveiling. <laughs> Vikings win 21-13. Luke Braun, we did the postcast yesterday with Ron Johnson. We reacted to it. Um, the defense fueling the victory. My question is, was the defense indeed legit? Or were the Panthers just a ramshackle operation with no real serious intentions of winning football games and a quarterback that seems extremely overmatched and uh, a stable of skill players that seem all too mediocre. Which was it? Should we be impressed by the Vikings defense? Yeah. I mean, what do you expect against a bad offense? You expect giving up six points, right? And not more than that. Mm -hmm. Feels like the, the kind of performance we would want from the defense against them. And like the plan they came up with in terms of like how they utilized blitzes and, and blitzing less often this time um worked very well generated five sacks lots of pressure had just enough like kind of turned the heat up just enough on Bryce Young to really make that offense fall apart outside of the two minute drill that came off the turnover the pick six and one other field goal drive they just they could not move the ball everything else was either punts or turnovers 
Yeah, I think um, in for the context of that question, you would need to, I think, ask yourself beforehand, is it possible for the defense to have impressed me heading into this game, given yeah. who they're playing? And if the answer is no, fine, whatever, fine. But uh, if the answer is yes, this is definitely what it would look like, right? Like it is, um, I think, a high-level defensive performance. They held the Panthers to, I want to say, their worst offensive production um, this year, which is saying a lot given how bad the offensive production for the Panthers has been. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I think that they found the problems with the Panthers offense, exploited them, maximized them, dug into them, you know, made sure the Panthers were more about their weaknesses than their strengths. Um, obviously they still allowed some gains every defense is going to, but certainly I think, you know, this is what you want the defense to do in this circumstance. And again, you know, you can say, Hey, the defense is set up in a situation where they can only disappoint me, which is a weird place to be but i get it uh and then in which case that you'd have to find a good offense for them to go up against but they can't pick their schedule so in the context of who they were playing and what the expectations are against a bad offense yeah i agree i think that the defense looked pretty good um and, and i think two things kind of stood out to me if if i'm allowed to go into just a little bit more detail which is that a the return of marcus davenport was absolutely hugely meaningful loved it uh and yes. b i think that they used Harrison Smith. I, I think that they adjusted Harrison Smith. I think that keeping him away from kind of high safety type looks and keeping him closer to the line of scrimmage, um, you don't have to blitz him all the time for him to be effective. But I think that, you know, maximizing him involves having him closer to the line of scrimmage. And that's exactly what they did, which was nice to see. Yeah, We'll see what the blitz numbers reveal. I haven't seen them tweeted out or reported anywhere yet. So I'm waiting for PFF, but it felt like they... Seifert said 31%. What? That's barely above league average. What are we doing here? I'm also gonna I'm gonna correct you on that because I I think I think we got to give Seifert his uh, his correct oh, last Seifert. name. Yeah. Thirty point eight Seifert is it? Oh man, I've been saying that wrong this whole time. Yeah, you have. Oh, oops. God. Sorry. Usually, Kevin. usually when it's e before i, you would pronounce the i. So I get why you would look at that and say Seifert, but um, yeah, Seifert. 31%, so the lowest of the year. So is this a tell that when Flores faces a bad quarterback that he's going to rely on the coverage more? And then sort of the counterintuitive approach with someone like Herbert, who they want to get off schedule, and would they do the same with Patrick Mahomes six days from now? That is the big question. Um, but I, I, I love how they deployed the blitzes. Harrison Smith just screaming off the edge. Fun to watch. A vintage Harrison performance like that, he stripped the tackle. <laughs> just yeah. went in a pass rush against. Yeah, just a, just a straight edge rush, <laughs> rip and dip. Just okay, sure. All right, buddy, that's you did in it. your arsenal now. Third sack of the game, end the game on that. <laughs> I guess that's the thing we can do. <laughs> that's it's said- so wild. Like that's such a yeah. matchup. Like an offensive lineman's like, "Ooh, I get a DB this rep. Fantastic." And then losing that rep. <laughs> right. Like, oh, I literally man. outweigh him by exactly 100 pounds. This should work. <laughs> it wasn't Chandler Zavala, was it? Who no, 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 it was. It was Icky, right? Or is he on the right? Uh, was it? Icky? He's I think it was Icky. He's a left tackle. Yeah. Unless he was hurt or something, but I don't know. Sure was, Here's my sure first was, of many uh, deep dive stats in this show. Vikings allowed 3.4 yards yeah, per play. That is only the ninth time in 25 years 
the Vikings have allowed 3.4 yards per play or less in a game. And they've faced plenty of unserious teams. Think of all the Lions teams over the years. Think of all the Bears teams over the years. So this was this was an above average defensive performance against a bad team compared to all the bad teams they've faced. So I, I am going to give them their flowers for a really strong day where it felt like other than one drive early where the Panthers kind of bullied him on the ground and then stalled out. Um, and then late, picking up some softer yards, Vikings playing a little bit deeper, making them drive the field. I didn't feel like they gave an inch. I mean, they they were very consistent all day long. Uh, Adam Thielen got banged up, seemed like he was more ineffective after that. But coverage... Classic and- Adam Thielen. Working together. Say again, Reed. What? I said classic Adam Thielen. Vintage. I mean, we, we've had it before, right? Where like uh, he does really well, gets hurt, and then guts out the rest of the game to his credit, but is just not the same player. Uh, two really major goal line stands, too. One in, I think it was the first quarter, where they had two six first plays. goals. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, six plays, all the way down to third down, all the way down to third down again yeah. after a penalty and mm-hmm. forced the kick. And then the other one, that ended in the fourth and 18 um, at, at the very end of the game. You said, uh, I guess that's not a goal. I wouldn't call it a goal. It's goal line stand, but goal to go stand goal to go red. Zone uh, so you said, you said okay. 3.4 yards per play, right? I did remember rubber against the bucks. They only allowed 3.6. I mean, the defense has, I think the defense fundamentally has like some good elements to it, which distinguishes it from the Donatel defense. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just kind of this sometimes. Well, explosiveness is part of it, but also turnovers and field position. Um, Not that against the Buccaneers, that was it, right? Because there was a high scoring rate on on a per drive basis. So you can't just point to, hey, they got like 3.6. But like, I just think that there's there's more here to this defense that fundamentally works than doesn't work. And they've just been put into these circumstances or there have been circumstances that have papered over kind of the consistency that the defense can actually, you know, show on a game to game level. So, um, I mean, I, I like the defense relative to what they had heading into the season. Um, obviously if the team is going to be successful, it's going to be offensively driven, but there's like stuff here with the defense to work with. No doubt about that. Um, and the defense produced a touchdown yesterday on the DJ Wanham scoop and score. There's nothing better than a big man running the field. I love it. I live for it. Linval Joseph, uh, Afadio Denebo, DJ Wanham. I mean, those are the touchdowns you remember. Good for uh, for DJ Wanham for for getting to the house, giving the Vikings the lead, and completely turning that game on its head. Um, This was not a good day for the Vikings offense. And we're going to, to dive into why that was the case as well. But a quick word from FanDuel, fanduel.com slash locked on. Uh, you can make every moment more with America's number one sports book, and you can take advantage of some of the great offers that FanDuel gives you. New customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 wager. Just bet five, and win or lose, you get 200 into your account guaranteed. Been thinking about joining FanDuel? Now's the time. We're four weeks into the NFL season. There's still 13 to go. No, 14 to go. It's a longer season now. That's great. Many opportunities to bet spreads, player props, over-unders, futures, 
You can bet outside of football as well. It's not limited to the NFL, though that is one of their most robust ways to wager. The NFL season is in full swing, so go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today and get started. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right, defense, very good. Offense, not very good. Before we talk offense, though, while we're on the subject of defense, I've got a little guessing game that you guys are going to play family feud style. In the last six Vikings-Panthers games, there has been an anomalous eight defensive or special teams touchdowns in six games. Mm -hmm. Can you name the scorers of those touchdowns? Or less specifically, we, so the family game feud style means we don't buzz in or we do buzz in. Collectively, can you oh, run okay, the table yeah, okay. without getting three strikes? Uh, Chad Greenway. Do you want to consult your partner on that, Luke? Do you do you think Chad Greenway is one of the answers? I don't remember that one, but you sound pretty confident. Let's go. X. Wow. Eh. Uh, Jeremy Chin. I think it's Chargers game. Um, Jeremy Chin twice in 2020 back to back plays, scoop and scores. Yes, that is correct. Do we have a Marcus Carroll's? Is it have we had too many games between uh Adam Thielen, the 2014 one? Oh, so Reef Marcus Sherrill did he score? I don't know. Yeah, it was a pump block. Yeah, it was a it was a touchdown. Okay. But I don't remember if if there have been because he said the last we, six okay. games. Has Luke, been before we move on to the Adam Thielen question, how are we in the Marcus Sherrill's one? Oh yeah, twenty sixteen. Okay, great, Marcus Sherrill's. That is correct. Ding. Okay, so Adam yes. Thielen, he scored on special teams. Are you sure? It was a punt block. Uh, yeah, it was a punt block. Okay. It was like his, it was his first ever touchdown. Cool. That is correct. Okay. All right. So we need uh, how many more? Two more? Well, what's so, DJ Wanham? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, DJ Wanham. I won't yeah. make you get yesterday's. So you have two more. Oh, um, okay. Oh, okay. Not including Wanham. And there is also a bonus point for someone who got a safety in the game. Daniel Hunter. Uh, it's, we're probably too far. against Cam yep. Newton. That's yeah. correct. Okay. Two left. Huh. One of them is a Viking. One of them is a Panther. If you get right. the Panther player name, you get a million dollars. Um, cool. Looking forward to that. <laughs> I'm good for. I'm good for it. Something like other Panthers. <laughs> When's the last time we played the Panthers? Yeah, geez. 2020 uh, Bizarro Chad. I'm BB like, game. I'm remembering like Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches and Greg Olson, and it's like those aren't those aren't special teams. That's not <laughs> Mike defensive. Minter. What? Yeah, well, screw it. I have no idea. All right, so Arif gives up. He's a quitter. Luke Braun, yep. are you also a quitter? 100% a quitter. Uh, um, Audi Cole. Audi. If this was preseason, Audi. that would be a yeah. great guess. The correct answer is Everson Griffin, a block oh. turn. And then in 2021... 20, oh yeah. The Panthers Kenny Robinson blocked a punt for a touchdown in the All eventual right. overtime game. Oh, was that the Chad Beebe game? 
No, that was the year. That was twenty. That was twenty twenty. That was the Jeremy Chin. Game. Oh, the twenty twenty one was was in Carolina. Yeah, Osborne right. overtime. Yeah, I didn't remember that at all. All right, thanks for humoring me on the game. Now let's talk about the offense. The bad, 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 bad offense yesterday. Cam Akers. Let's positives. Cam Akers, very good. Justin Jefferson, very good. Again, dodged an injury. Eighty five yards. Come on, Sam. Two touchdowns. <laughs> yards. Although he did Just go 85. under. Only he did 85 go under yards. the total. Yeah. <laughs> um, Leading receiver of the game. Pedestrian day for him. Yeah. <laughs> the Vikings ran. Here's my second nerdy stat of the day. And we haven't even reached the official uh, segment nerdy stat of the day. This is just my unofficial second nerdy stat of the day. The Vikings ran 44 offensive plays. First time in team history they have won a game running fewer than 45 plays. You know, normally the reasoning for that would be like an extremely explosive offense that, you know, and the defense just stays on the field the whole time. Uh, and that's not really what happened. <laughs> well, it previous examples of the Vikings running less than 45 plays only happened four times. Um they were not explosive. That was right. But I mean, that for, was Brooks you know, Bollinger, Brooks Bollinger at Green Bay, Christian Ponder against Green Bay at home, McNabb in San Diego. Right. My, um, my point is, in a winning effort, you get yeah. fewer than that in when they were explosive. Like with correct. How many plays did they run in twenty twenty Lambeau game? The the windy game where it was. I remember there being eight possessions for each team. Well, which they. Is I mean, they scored well. a lot though. Yeah. Um. You mean eight possessions total, right? Yeah, yeah, like eight possessions yeah, per each like, team. Yeah, 12 was pretty, yeah, got it. Yeah, 12 is standard. Yeah, you can look that one up, Ron. But um, Kirk Cousins, was, like his uh, his air yards, haven't looked at it, guessing it's super low, very conservative, very check downy. Uh, it's it's not, it wasn't that bad. Um, he So he had, what, like two throws over 20 yards, four over 15 yards. But he only had like 19 or something throws. So um, yeah. his uh, his ADOT wasn't too bad. I remember looking it up for from um, mm. uh, Arby's Don't Matter. And it was like fine. Like it was kind of average. Now Bryce Young's ADOT was like three yards. Like that was. Yeah. And, and the Vikings yeah. have been good against screens like all year, actually. So um, they have to be because that's how the team is going to screen the absolute hell out of them. Yeah. What was Kirk on the chaos meter yesterday? Uh, I put it in the gray, but that's that's a vibes thing. There's no data in the chaos meter. That's that's a decision made by gods. And, dated and the gray and sentence. tell the people what gray means. Uh, for those who are unfamiliar, the uh, Kirk Cousins chaos meter is a divine artifact that measures just how chaotic Kirk Cousins's game was by uh, reading the threads of fate. So if it's in the gray, that's the lowest it can be. That's conserva Kirk. That is a Kirk Cousins that holds the ball, gets mm -hmm. sacked a lot, uh, checks down a lot, kind of has offense. Uh, the, maybe the best example of that game would be the 2018 season ender against the Bears, where it just sort of suffocated. Uh, there's also game manager Kirk, where he just, you know, it's kind of on someone else. Somebody else has a fantastic game. You know, Dalvin Cook scores four touchdowns, that kind of thing. If it's in the green, that's that's peak optimum Kirk. That's the ideal, the the platonic ideal of Kirk Cousins. 
And then if the chaos ratchets up too far, you get something like the 2018 Bills game where we have a million fumbles or uh, the, you know, three interception performance against Atlanta in 2020. That's chaos, Kirk. That's too much. That's yeah, kidneys hecking, on the tone it down, Kirk. Yeah. Hecking tone it down, please. Um, that's that's plexiglass case, Kirk. You know, by the way, the ADOT was 8.2, which is in the 48th percentile. So it was basically average. OK, thank you. There's a Reef's unofficial nerdy stat of the day. I'll take the, it. The, it in, the interception what was obviously unacceptable. I thought there was mean, some other. You mean the first one, right? Because the, the second first one. one. Second yeah. one, a, a little less so. Um, that, was one of the, that was one of the worst picks I've seen him throw, honestly. Like, yeah, I was really bad. Shocked. Yeah. But you know what? There were some other like really questionable third down throws, too, where it seemed like he was laser vision on Jefferson then overthrew him when there wasn't a big window like the third and two where he like looped it trying to fit it in the eye of a needle on the sideline that was weird some weird decisions rough ball yeah i I don't mind that decision because i think that's like a pre-snap i have justin jefferson one-on-one i don't care what down and distance it is i'm trying to take advantage of justin jefferson and i don't mind that aggression yeah that was that was some of the best plays from last year were basically that it's like yeah it's fourth and two and justin jefferson has got price and single and he's just like yeah i'm gonna send this what's like, the that's point of probably the best completion <laughs> odds we have like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, i get it <laughs> on that pick six though if i may go to my nerdy stat of the day uh so is this official is this official this is this is the one I had prepared, but if okay, you, uh, you hold, need me to do one. Analytics fans rejoice. <laughs> it's time to get educated. Whoa, you're blowing my mind right now. With the nerdy stat of the day. If there's one thing you have We're to contractually know, obligated to run that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, No, it's that Sam loves his toys. Yep. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, <laughs> Kurt Cousins in this game had an EPA of minus 10.3, essentially saying that Kirk Cousins, performance cost the Vikings a little more than 10 points. Uh, If you look at nine here, uh, I'm looking at RBSDM. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. Wonder how that happened. Uh, If you look at the play by play on RBS.com, Oh, you're looking at passing dropbacks. I was looking at all Kirk Cousins plays. That's why. Oh, oh, yeah, there you go. Because he had a rush um, of zero yards. Still true that if you take away the pick six, he would have had a positive EPA day. It is driven entirely by that one play, minus 11.3, a 99-yard pick six. It was that impactful. And honestly, yeah, that feels kind of right. That, like... Yeah, that, so that's a the, bad enough play to ruin your whole day, even if you do okay outside of it. The pick six was worth eleven. So I turns out I just have these. The pick six was worth eleven point three uh, mm-hmm. expected points, which uh, that does make sense. The right, uh, I think when you first learn about EPA and you learn that some plays are worth more than seven points, you're just like, what, what? Right. Uh, but yeah, because they were so close to scoring, they lost that opportunity and gave up seven the other way. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they were they were close to so. They were uh, about like they had, ex- they had four expected points because it was late in the down, I think, or late downs, right? Late in the series. But yeah, so it's a negative 11.3. But here's the thing. If you take away uh, the scoop and score for Bryce Young, um, he still finishes with negative EPA. So it turns out um, it's not always the case that a defensive score is 
the the entirety of the reason for a negative EPA. Bryce Young ends up with a, I think, negative 0.09 EPA per play once you take away his uh, the scoop and score that's been credited to him. So, uh, yeah, Kirk Cousins, mostly just the one play that, that turns him from positive to negative. Bryce Young, not the case. And on a day where there were, like, three good throws, like really good throws in the game. Like Kirk makes a, a awesome play on the free play. Yeah. I was about to it, say one of them, you know, didn't even like, there was no downside. Right. So he could, he yeah. could just uncork it, which like credit. So I kind of feel like he would have anyways, because that look you, I, you, I mean, did. they were in single high Justin yeah. Jefferson on a, on a uh, demonstrably small, cornerback as he uh <laughs> would point out <laughs> like I, I think he's firing that every and it's second and one like i don't know i, I feel like yeah. Kirk fires that one a lot whether or not he's he's off sides yeah I just, if um i think in a in a slightly different circumstance you'd ask for a little bit better ball placement but on a free play i kind of don't care um sure the uh yeah so i will say that okay i totally lost my train of thought oh yeah the the free play thing the vikings have like, because I think what was it two years ago we were criticizing them for like not being able to use free plays. They just didn't do mm-hmm. it. They would like throw three yards on a free play, and you're like, mm-hmm. why? And and this year it's so clear how much they've prepped for free plays. And he basically said that after the game, he's like, yeah, we've been looking for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, it was was it last week or two weeks ago where the refs like. It was a, uh, it was like neutral zone infraction. The refs called the play dead, and he was just like PO'd. He was like, "Come on, I had yeah. this. Finally, I've got a nerdy stat of the day. My official nerdy stat of the day, also related to Kirk's performance. Kirk Cousins with two interceptions inside the opponent's twenty-five yard line." He moves past Warren Moon. The yardage marker a little bit to make that work because that was at the 21. (laughs) No, this is good. Yeah, you should definitely manipulate your stats to make a point. That's what they're there for. Same criteria for all the people on this list. I didn't move the goalpost just for Kirk. Just wanted to expand the search a little bit. That's not how endpoint searching works, but okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, fine. (laughs) Well, who invented this arbitrary red zone, huh? Huh? The, I mean, the point of the red zone is that it is arbitrary. That's why we get to use it. So I'm saying, well, I let's look red zone. five yards beyond. Let's Heisman? like break the field into quarters yeah, instead of fifths. Let's look at the and football is a game of quarters, right? So we're looking at the final quarter of the field. Easiest reasoning. This is good. I like this. <laughs> Kirk Cousins with two interceptions in the final quartile of the field. Mm-hmm. blows past Warren Moon and in the third place in team history with nine interceptions in the fourth quartile. Would you like to do the top Have two? You, I would suggest expanding that to all turnovers because I imagine he moves from third to first. Reference um, or oh. stathead did not, Joe Gibbs. Isolate, did not isolate fumbles the way I needed him to. I couldn't figure it yeah, out. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard to get fumbles lost. Yeah. Yep. Um, so this is just interceptions. I, Joe Gibbs. Yeah, apparently Joe Gibbs is credited with uh, coining the term red zone. Uh, although the term was used by Steve Eskey as early as 1979. I thought it was an older term than that. Yeah, I, w- I would have guessed like. Um, uh, 
What's the Pop Warner? That's it. That would guess Pop Warner. Should have been the 25, been... Gibbsy. <laughs> well, is anybody going to do my, my latest guessing game? Who leads wait. the vi- team history? Most interceptions in the the sort of reddish zone. Uh, would they? So this is career, right? Not in a season. This is career. So yeah, I probably can't pick Christian Ponder then. Uh, well, he was tied. Of... Ponder was set at seven, tied with Kirk before yesterday. Wow. All right. Just on a volume thing, is it like Tarkenton? It is not. He... Okay. Nice. Oh wow! Yeah, that's <laughs> impressive. <laughs> uh, Culpepper, Dante, runaway leader, fourteen. Yeah, yeah. those are that some pack breaking picks. Number Where's two, Favre on the list. Is he on the list? Nah, he didn't play long enough. Uh, T Jack. <laughs> Good guess, incorrect. Ah, rip. Um, yep. But like, actually, rip. Yeah. Um, uh, well. Huh. Probably not got Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> That's like, I, I just started searching when I was like, probably not Gus Farad. That can't be right. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> um, and Brad Johnson can be passed this year with two more Kirk I picks believe in, in the, Kirk. In the reddish, the reddish hue quartiles. Well, especially if it just keeps bouncing out of receiver's hands. I mean, that's yeah. 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 That'll help. Keep throwing to KJ, man. It'll happen. <laughs> Shots fired. Hey, KJ. I, I think uh, it's, 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 not even like, it's not even necessarily his fault, right? Because he threw the pick six to KJ. That's not KJ's fault. I'm just saying. No. It just seems to happen. KJ <laughs> outperformed Addison yesterday by, and this is my okay, other nerdy like, of the Kirk day. Underthrew on the DPI. That's not. Reception. That's, that's yeah. not. The Kirk underthrew him on the DPI. That's not fair. Addison, I, so someone asked me, did Addison have a bad game? And, you know, based off of what I, I, mean, I don't have the all 22 yet, or I haven't looked at it. I guess the all 22 is probably out. But um, I thought he got open with a fair amount of regularity um, relative to how much he's gotten open in previous games. Like he's good for about one shot a game and the Vikings kind of, I'm not going to say wasted it because they got downfield. I mean, they did waste it because the big six, but you know, they, you just didn't get on the stat sheet for the DPI. He got open. Um. Is there a playoff path for the Minnesota Vikings? Let's talk yeah, about that. <laughs> oh, is that after the? Sorry, Arif will make the case after I uh, <laughs> remind folks that yeah, Locked On Sports Minnesota is a proud partner with SiriusXM. You can catch the Twins playoff games on the SiriusXM app as well as the Locked All On three Sports of them. Minnesota programming. Don't, <laughs> They're not playing the Yankees, man. They got to do this. Don't do this. Yeah, aren't they? Are, it's still possible for them to play the Astros, though, right? If they that win, that feels about as cursed. So, yeah, but it, if they play the Astros, it means they won a game, and then it's gravy. Hey, look at that! Oh, okay, at First that time point, it's what two thousand four. Yeah, nineteen. That good, good I don't know baseball. if you guys saw that, that video. I know baseball. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the the video by the guy. I think he now writes at Twins Daily, but. He's somebody that made a, a a John Boyce-esque video on that streak, and it is unbelievably good. Yeah, is this new? Is, is this like brand new? Or it's pretty new. It came out like last week. Okay, oh. yeah. Let's check it out. Let's check our friends it's at Twins. Put, put the link good. in the uh, put yeah, the link I'm, in the I'll, chat. I'll, I'll find it. I'll find it here. Cool. That'd be well because it, it's not I'm, just a playoff series. It's like a playoff game since two thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and it it's is brutal. Nuts. I have not really paid attention to the twins since I was a kid, and I did yeah, not I like know about a lot of that. That's and I my could... soul was crying. Like, I don't think I'm going to enjoy this. Actually, I want you to send it. I'm not going to enjoy it because I lived and died with every single one of those 18 losses, and I'm prepared to die again this week. That explains I, why you're like somehow 50 years old. That makes sense. Now. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the hair loss and the just lack of emotion. Yeah, all of it. Premature aging. Yeah. Because of the twins. Can't wait. Can't wait for the playoffs can't, can't this week. Wait. Uh, we'll hey, have twins. Yeah, it's art. We love art. Twins postcasts after every game with Luke Inman and Brandon Warren. And also, we're introducing a brand new. Never before seen Minnesota basketball party starting this week as the Timberwolves oh, wow. ramp up for the regular season. We'll talk about the Minnesota franchises. I mean, talk about a, a, a. So let's see. Twins haven't won a game since 04. Wolves haven't won a series since 04. I think. Yeah. Wow. Almost two that, decades uh, of streaks. Is that Cassell and Sprewell and yep. KG? Wow. Yep. They beat Onion. the Nuggets. Wow, that takes me back. They I actually I did watch basketball back then. I still didn't watch baseball back then. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a path to the Minnesota Vikings making the playoffs that you still see other than uh just winning all their games? What are your games? In the real world, what is they're, the path? They're they're five hundred since going 0-2. I don't see the problem. <laughs> <laughs> just break the season down into two game chunks. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, uh, the, the division is not that impressive to me. As soon as I was like, hey, Jared Goff actually might overcome my anti-Jared Goff bias. He's kind of impressive. Since then, he's not been that impressive, and he's been who I thought he was. So it was really, I just had to keep faith in my own uh, observations. Um, no, I mean, the division is not that impressive to me. Jordan Love is, like, bad. Um, so there's that. And the Bears are, luck of all lucks, the, the Bears are in the Vikings division. So that's great news yep, that's two go nine and four the rest of the way that'll yeah. put you at 10 and seven yeah that just uh just lose to the chiefs shake that off or i don't know like Mahomes is kind of weird and hurt i don't know it's, I mean, maybe weird. you can you'll, you'll you'll steal one you're not supposed to steal you'll lose one you're not supposed to lose that's kind of how it always goes yeah a couple of tough i mean you got the chiefs and 49ers on there and like some some tough games and then you've got a, a whole bunch of other nfc north teams that are Super yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Or another way to think about it is be within two games of the Lions come week 16. Because You're, the Vikings play the Lions week yeah. 16 and week 18. So be in range there where if you take that series, you take the division and then we're that's what we're talking about, right? Beat the Lions, win the division. Yeah, let me let me um, lay it out like this. Easy. To to get to that point, just just got to stay in arm's with, reach. Within striking range and and I don't know if the division is necessarily the the alt like at this when you're zero and three, you're kind of shooting for a wild card. Like realistically, you might yeah, not most be divisions. able to attain the div- division, and you can probably get that with nine wins. If you beat Bears, Falcons, Saints, Broncos, Bears, Raiders, if they don't if they don't go three zero against the Bears and Broncos, uh, end it. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. Tank for Caleb. Um, but. That gets you to if you win just those games and lose against every decent team, you're seven and seven, and you've got the Lions, Packers, Lions sandwich. Yes, yeah, so you just gotta steal uh, two, right? 
And I think I don't think stealing one from San Fran or KC at home is the craziest thing in the world. Like it might not be 50 50. I mean, I mean, given how weird Mahomes' throws looked uh, yesterday, I mean, uh, he's playing weird. Time to take advantage of him playing weird. We can't rule out that the Bengals are also bad and they're on the schedule. They are. No, they're bad. Will they be bad in December? I'm not sure about that. Uh, probably not. No, that's yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, yeah. Joe Burrow's calf is probably fixed by then. But they are, they look really bad. Like no, I mean they in, look terrible. But I think a lot of that has to do with Joe Burrow's legs. Mm-hmm. One in three, and their one was really rough. Mm-hmm. So there's a path. They, they had two quarters of play. That's all they needed in that one. <laughs> um. <laughs> There's a path, but you may have to stomach being two and five before you really get anything going. Yeah, it's going to be, I'm going to be writing all kinds of doomsday stuff by then, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and no, lo- I mean, we like, love you for it. Yeah, they, they have to, like, like, there are teams where, like, they don't have to win the games that they have to win, if that phrase makes sense to you. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you got to win that game kind of thing. They don't have to win all of those games because they're good enough to overcome some of the other stuff. The Vikings have to win every game they have to win. Like, they do, they cannot afford yeah. to slip up. Yeah, they can't just, like, blow one against the Bears. Yeah. Which, I mean, like, is on the table. And that was uh, one thing the Vikings did last year, is they won all of those games. Like, and they, they messed with, you know, obviously messed around. Yeah, yeah, they screwed around, but they won. Yeah, the yeah. the Lions, when the Lions weren't good yet. The Dolphins, when they had um, Skylar Thompson and Teddy Skylar Bridgewater. Thompson. Like, yeah. they, they goofed around in all these games and somehow came out on top. Yeah, can't do that this year. And, and that's kind of a thing of the Vikings is, it's what I've been saying the whole offseason is this is a team that can beat anyone and also lose to anyone. Like they can just kind of screw up and fart around and like just destroy any chance they have of winning a game, no matter how good the opponent is. But also they can just like randomly get a whole bunch of explosiveness. Yeah. And, and I think this game is a good example. I mean, the Panthers team is a team that if, if the Vikings are serious about wanting to make the playoffs, you got, you got to beat this team by more than one possession, right? Like that's crazy that, you know, that's uh, oh, bye, Luke. Uh, that you have to. Sorry, you have the to, rabbits are going completely insane. I think you guys can hear it. I'm trying to make sure everything's uh, all right. We can't, but uh, all just, right. Well, that's great because it makes you look reassuring. even more insane. Give us the play-by-play. I'd like to hear about. Yeah, we we not, most going people crazy. I think listen as opposed to watch on YouTube. Luke just like left the screen entirely. He just started walking around. <laughs> do you, uh, do you, uh, do you talk to your rabbits the way that I would talk to my dog? Like, do you have commands for them? Do you have hand signals? Uh. We you can train them. We have not done this, but I, I right now that it's chewing on a wall. Develop so. intelligence that they will exact retribution upon you. So I understand why you. I've already sort of accepted that. that fate. Yeah, that's fair. It's just a matter of time. But right now she's she's attempting to chew a wall. Anyway, the Vikings win over the Panthers was not convincing in any reasonable fashion, but it's a start. I think winning on the road. You're is always permitted to be ugly, though. That, that and that was my that was my guess concern. The Panthers? Yeah, that if was, they win ugly against the Bears on the Vikings road, you're gonna be great. like bad Soldier Field. They always suck there. No, the Bears suck. Yeah, the Chiefs also like won ugly against the Jets. You know, yeah, but, like, they're the, but they're the Chiefs, right? Like, there's we don't have questions about them. But the Vikings yeah, they, also aren't also, good. Zach pace. Wilson played that. Like, Vikings let's not aren't pretend good. Zach Wilson didn't play the game of his life, right? Like that's 
part of the reason the Chiefs went ugly is because Zach Wilson went sicko mode, right? Like, that's crazy. If you want to use uh, Vegas odds, taking the money lines for the 49ers and Chiefs, and let's say, can they steal one of those two? Uh, so if you were to parlay the 49ers and Chiefs money lines there, you'd get plus 117. So the idea being that the Vikings are a little bit better than a coin flip to be able to, to steal one as an upset based on the Vegas lines. Although I feel like those are going to move because right now at FanDuel, the Vikings are only underdogs by five and a half points. And that feels like that's going to go up. Hmm. Yeah. Did you mention FanDuel? FanDuel? Did you mention parlays? We have to talk about our parlays from the weekend. And we have another one in the win column. And it is me. Um, Arif is now one and three. Luke Braun is now one and three. I am now one and three. And Luke Inman, who has only made his own picks twice, (laughs) is oh and four. Though we did put him on a winning Jaguars uh, number. So he can't be too mad at us. But I hit titans plus two and a half they cover that spread by a mere 26 points and uh 49ers scoring first and winning the game which got a little dicey there for a minute but they uh they poured it on late so i gained 192 dollars i still trail arif and luke who had better hits than me previously arif is the leader at 1230 uh that's dollars and braun with 1135 so the, the the playing field is tightening. Look out. Okay. Look out. <laughs> I'm a freight train. I, I got had, my uh, I got I had, the winning formula now. I had Kelsey anytime touchdown and Chiefs covering the spread. Both of those did not hit. Uh they did not. A lot I of conspiracies. Yep. A lot of conspiracies about Patrick Mahomes taking that slide. Rigged yeah. It. Uh, extremely dumb conspiracies. People who no, don't understand it. football, but he just like McVeigh no, was rigging the week prior with with the field goal. Said the script yeah. dictates that the Jets need to cover this one. Sorry, that's yeah, that's what the script says. Yep. Hate the newest games. best part of Chiefs games are the photos and or videos of Brittany Mahomes just looking totally upstaged. And I I don't think she ever thought of herself as the protagonist of Chiefs games. I think she, I think she's the first lady of Kansas City. I think this that was kind of her thing. I don't think so. I think people hate her way too much. Um, and I've I, defended her after the documentary. I said she was not nearly as bad as I expected. I the expectations I really get, that you I don't have get are it, part of my objections, right? Like I, I don't. Just, like, she seems like I, a normal person. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like it's just like the cameras on her a lot, and suddenly yeah. everyone like hates her for celebrating her husband's successes. Like, okay, um, Jackson, I get it. Turns out he's like legitimately not a good person based off of the public information that we have, which may or may not be accurate because that's what celebrity culture is. But based off of that public information, Jackson may not be a good person. Fine, um, but like Brittany, whatever. Um, so yeah, she got upstaged by the. Biggest musical celebrity on the planet. Okay. Blake Lively and Hugh Jackman were there too. So was Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Nice little entourage. Very funny. Yeah. It was like, like, because like, 
the storyline has been talked about script, but the storyline has been about Taylor Swift, right? And so people are down at the field level watching her, you know, walk in and they've got all the cameras and they're like, hey, Taylor Swift has arrived. And like Wolverine is like right behind her, right? And everyone's like, Taylor Swift is here. It's like that's that's Deadpool. That's which like I maybe I shouldn't reduce Hugh Jackman to Wolverine. He's extraordinary in so many things, but I mean that's probably the thing he's now best known for, which kind of sucks. He was pretty great in nah, stuff the like prestige. The prestige. It's gotta be the prestige. Yeah. Um awesome. how great though to be a celebrity of that stature to be able to just like slink in the background and not be on anyone's radar and the paparazzi doesn't care about you to enjoy a football game you get yeah you just get to be a normal guy yeah you still like it to screw up though because then the paparazzi suddenly does care about you so that that is an important caveat but yeah that's got to be nice you can't be the person that like spills cocktail sauce on taylor swift or donna kelsey yeah probably which okay also why is jake from state farm a person that we're treating like as a celebrity that's crazy his name's not even jake Oh, that's true. Yeah. You knew real name. You, you had to know that sports broadcasts would not know how to handle this with any the Taylor Swift thing or the yeah. State Farm thing. Like the idea of now it being a huge thing that there is like a celebrity at these games, you knew that sports broadcasts would like take it too far and be like, also Jake from State Farm is here. <laughs> like you knew that they would fumble this and do some like weird cringy stuff. Someone, Richard uh, Deitch quote, wrote a good story on this about at the Athletic, by the way, about how it all came together for Fox. I, I would, I'm going to read it, which maybe that's part of the problem. But mm-hmm. um, I, it's just someone quote tweeted like a the screenshot of the broadcast showing Donna Kelsey next to State Farm, and uh, they were like, "Yeah, I, I can't explain how much Americans just love commercials." And it's like, "Yeah, that I can't. Yep, <laughs> we're done." Yeah, we care about flow from progressive. That's a thing that we care about, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like and we, her lore, and her lore. <laughs> like it's just just a thing now that we tried to make the Geico caveman into a show. Like that, we're done. And I'm only talking about insurance commercials. Maybe the most boring product to exist. That Aflac duck has a family. A reef, dude. Our understanding of Deion Sanders and Nick Saban's friendship is based off of Aflac commercials. <laughs> they are You're not wrong. coaches in the same... They are actual friends, right? They are coaches in the same industry, and we're like, yeah, they love each other. Look at the Aflac commercials. <laughs> it's so good. That's where we are. Again, just insurance products I'm talking about right now. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's our unofficial uh, party foul, it sounds like, from the weekend. Uh, Let's do the official one. It's time to tell you who spilled their proverbial drink on the sofa. Get ready for this week's party foul. Biggest faux pas of the week in your personal or professional lives or something you just saw on TV or in a game that you thought was funny. Luke I'm confident I have bigger ones, but uh, the ones that come to mind are ones we kind of already discussed, which is not the overcharacterization of commercial characters, but rather uh, the conspiracies around the NFL and Taylor Swift, I guess. Um, uh, Dove Kleiman tweeted out that it's not a good look for the NFL to tweet out that the Chiefs are 2-0 and 
uh, since they became Swifties or something like that, which, uh, yeah, it is. It's a great look, actually. Oh, what are man. you talking about? Robots are at it again. Yeah, but and then he like tweeted out a picture of uh, Mahomes sliding because actually it improves his odds of winning by sliding instead of scoring a touchdown. So that makes sense, right? Yeah, like, the conspiracies I, about that are so funny. Like, like the, the think goal about it is, for like two seconds, right? And also, like, like how how do people think gambling works? By the way, like the idea that that coaches will manipulate the point spread just ran like generally is dumb because like Vegas for the most part benefits from either outcome, right? Like right. the idea that like there were a bunch of people betting the Jets spread like the if anything the public money was on the other side right it was on the Chiefs public so money's like, on the favorites yeah yeah so like why why how who like how does that work by the way um so I don't like I don't understand how and and that's not the only conspiracy right there's other conspiracies floating around but they all center around this idea that because the Chiefs and you know Taylor Swift are like aligned right now that there is some sort of like way to conspire for them again i don't even know what the goal this sucks don't this would do be this. better presented as an astrology take i think yeah yeah that's which it has been yeah yeah it's much better content that way yeah absolutely so that's my, uh, party my party foul goes to the chicago bears uh whoa Generally. guys just woo. yeah hey, justin fields like, had a pretty good game uh, great. <laughs> he also threw it away. <laughs> uh, I, another... This Chase Claypool thing where he's now not even in the facility. He was asked to stay home, and it definitely has nothing to do with the fact that he called he, out his coaches for saying that he was being used incorrectly he, despite he, being visibly bad at everything. He he chose to stay home, but then actually, no, he was asked to stay home, but it was still his choice. Like, it's, like it's, it can't even They can't even message this thing properly. It is incredible that after everything that has happened with the Vikings whiffing out on on Lewis scene, getting usurped by by Theo Jackson, it looks so bad that the next year's use of pick 32 was this much worse. (laughs) It's incredible. And that's like not even the worst thing that happened to the Bears because they blew a huge lead against the other worst team in the league. Oh my God, Chicago. I mean, I've never seen a fan base go so quickly. Like, look, everybody gets super optimistic in the preseason, right? Everybody's like, well, maybe we can win 10 games and, and win the division. Every single team. I see it. I fan see base the will say that. Yeah. Always. And that's fine. That's that's lovely and it's part of it. I've never seen a team go so quickly from the future is bright. We're going to run the league in two years to maybe we should fire everyone. I mean, they like instantly snapped there. And hey, getting blown out by the Packers will do weird things to your brain. I get it. But oh my God, Bears, pull it together. (laughs) That's the thing is like, I think the part of the reason is because the Bears are not the worst team in the NFL. They just happen to lose to the worst team in the NFL, right? Like that's the reason it like, because I just feel like, with a with a competent which is part of the team so maybe that's not the fair way to put it but like with any halfway competent coaching they destroy the broncos not close right and that's not because the bears are good or talented it's because the broncos are abysmal they have the worst defense in the history of the nfl through four games it's not like there's no yeah it's insane that the bears are capable of what they've done 
And it's just it's, the, the it's so compressed too. It's October second. Yeah, like the, and we're the having Chase existential thing, crises here. The Chase Claypool thing is like maybe fifth on the list of the problems that we've identified with right. the Bears in the past two weeks. Like if something like that happened to this Viking season, it would be like a top story of the entire season of like, hey, remember that was the year where the wide receiver got asked to stay home because he wouldn't shut up about the coaches and he sucked that bad, like. That would be like the thing of things. And I feel like Bears reporters have to be like, yeah, that's crazy. Anyways, okay, we've got way bigger fish to fry. Anyway, the FBI was not involved. (laughs) 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 Right. Uh, I would also, I I should shout out uh, Locked on Bears today is beautiful. Uh, Lauren Cox does a great job. He's already calling for Matt Eberflus's head. He's probably right. Speaking of, uh, I gotta go Matt Eberflus was not prepared to answer Chase Claypool questions after the game, which is like, I guess This keeps that, happening to him. <laughs> I get that you you're you just coached a game, right? I get that you expect most of your questions to be about the game. I get it. But, like, you have to have an answer to this thing, right? Like, this guy went off for, like, I forget how many yards. 100 yards? I forget. He had a pretty good game the week before, even though we all kind of understand that he's on the outs. But, like, he had a pretty good game the week before. And, you know, he's not here. He's a healthy and active, and he's been asked to stay home. Maybe? Let's find out. I That's so weird, dude, that you aren't even prepared to. Like, you could have just said, hey, this is a personnel thing. I'm here to talk about the game. If you want to talk about personnel, I'll be available on Monday. But for right now, we're focused on this loss, this catastrophic <laughs> loss that we just took. to the. Let's talk about yeah. that. I think Justin Fields is a great leader, right? Like, just do that. Right? It, it feels like something organizationally breaking happens to them every day. Someone tweeted out, and I don't even know if this is accurate because you can't tell given that you could just buy blue checks now. So I don't know if this is a real story, but it felt real, which most of the time doesn't mean anything. It just means that we're bad at interpreting news. But this time I'm going to take But you it. thought it was yeah, it, it says a lot about society that I believe. Yeah. It. Um, but but it was Justin Fields after everyone had left, stayed in uniform and on in the locker room and just had a 30-yard stare vacant just the whole time. Uh yeah. That doesn't sound wild enough to be a lie. Right, exactly. It's just it's like, like yeah, yeah, fair, I, man. I, I I can believe that he was contemplating infinitude for sure. Yes, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, this this is definitely diminished by the whole Bears conversation, but I thought this was kind of low-key hilarious at the end of the game yesterday. Adam Thielen freaking out about oh, yeah. an intentional <laughs> grounding on oh, the yeah. most textbook non-intentional grounding that you can possibly have. A controlled throwaway where Kirk rolled out got out of the pocket and threw it out of bounds to end the game. And Thielen was incensed. I like it was. Well, I mean, you can't get any more intentional than planning it before the snap. Right. 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 Like, like so clearly (laughs) not an intentional grounding and what even, so what would have happened then if they call intentional grounding there, does the ball exchange hands? It's still the end of the game. It's the end of the game. Yeah. Because it's not a defensive penalty. So the game can end on it. Right, and mm-hmm. it uh, is not a dead ball penalty. So the clock had yeah. been expired when the penalty was committed. 
Yeah, so it's like that loophole where like the Ravens held, they held on the final play of the game and took a safety, and that was the end of the game. You guys remember seeing that? Yeah. Um. Yeah, this is one of those loopholes. But anyway, that was uh, that was that was a party foul, Thielen. Calm That's down. That's funny. I mean, in like in the in the truest sense of the word, it was intentional grounding, right? Like we can yeah. acknowledge that it didn't violate <laughs> grounding the intentional had grounding intent, rule. Yes. But he did intend to ground it, yeah. Before the snap, so I like you know Thielen well, is as a much intentional grounding as a spike would be, right? Thielen is a believer in the spirit of the law. I think we've all learned um, <laughs> <laughs> that his sure. legal theories are built off of um, originalism more than textualism. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Arif is on a roll. I don't even want to end the show because of how much of a roll you're on, but. We got it. Uh, it has it has to be done. It has to be done. Uh, tomorrow, died. originalist Adam Thielen broke me. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> Ron Johnson show returns tomorrow with Gophers Jack Henderson, the guest. Wednesday we debut the Minnesota basketball party, and Thursday the Minnesota football party returns with Arif, Luke, probably the other Luke Inman and ron johnson big thanks to all who watched and listened today subscribe to the channel on youtube find the audio on the locked on vikings feed and we'll talk to you next time